Warning, the following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. And welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. I am your host, Evan Goldstein, and with me, as always, is the energetic Karen Randazzo. Hillary Clinton thinks I'm an idiot! And the muscular Chris Randazzo. I just assumed it was hookers. We here on this week's episode talk television. Uh, Chris, you picked this one. I sure did. Sports Night, Season 2, Episode 2, When Something Wicked This Way Comes. Uh-huh. Now, when I watched this episode, I forgot that it was only a half-hour show. I got really <laughs> upset when it ended. <laughs> Karen had a similar experience. She didn't forget it was a half-hour show. She just as soon as it ended, she said, well, now I want to stay up and watch this for the rest of the night. Like, that that episode flew by, and I didn't want to watch any more because, you know, if we talk about it, I don't want to... Because the, the story continues, I'm assuming. Um yes. And the like the very end of the episode where they say like coming up on next week's episode mm-hmm. was long. Like there was a yeah. lot of information. <laughs> so what made you pick this episode? <sighs> well, I picked this episode because this has this episode prominently features what I consider to be the single dumbest message some dumbest decision any character on any TV show has ever made ever, and that is Dana's dating plan. That is a bad, that is a very bad plan. <laughs> it is absolutely awful. And I don't mean that as in it's poorly written. It's because it actually does kind of fit the character because Dana is like 10 kinds of crazy, I think is how <laughs> Casey put it at one point. I, I thought one of you were going <laughs> to use that term, that phrase for your opening line. <laughs> I mean, so, all right. The the whole first season of the show, there's this will they won't they thing with uh, Dana and Casey, mm-hmm. and um, eventually uh, it it kind of Dana winds up being engaged to this guy named Gordon, and then that breaks off at the end of the first season, and the second season picks up, and it's all about Casey waiting for his opportunity, waiting the the proper sixty days to. Uh, 60 days out in 60 days how did yes, that come that's, about <laughs> like, it's <laughs> there's actually that's that's the whole thing he, he dana eventually confronts him about you know the fact that he hasn't made a move yet and uh it's, it's a great kiss scene and in, in, in casey's office but uh he said that it was dan's idea that it was you know the proper 60 days like he was taught uh, oh, <laughs> and who taught him that dan dan um <laughs> So yeah, they have the they they have this kiss and they decide they're finally going to start dating, and that was in the episode one of the second season. And then in episode two, as we learn, Dana goes to a bachelorette party where she's it's a biker themed bachelorette party, <laughs> which everyone thinks is uh, hooker themed because she's dressed in she dressed like a hooker. I, I mean, <laughs> quite, yeah, quite the get up. <laughs> but. God bless Felicity Huffman and her body. Holy shit, girl. What I what I didn't understand was why couldn't she get changed after the show? After? Because she's Dana. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Yeah. 
because she's I had the Dana. same thought. <laughs> uh, so uh, because she, if she didn't, if she got changed after the show, they couldn't have made all those jokes. Uh, oh, like that's, yeah, exactly. Good, yeah, that's true. Very true. <laughs> so she goes to this bachelorette party, and uh, the the somebody says that the bride and groom are never going to last because the was either it was the bride or whatever. Yeah, it was the first guy she dated as an adult. Yeah. And so she thinks that Casey needs to see more people. So she tells Casey that he needs to wait six months. Like, as he's explaining what their first date's going to be, she says, I have a better idea. You wait six months while you date other people. (laughs) So that's six months on top of the 60 days that he, he originally waited? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So it's they don't retroactively I mean, count. No. 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 Okay. Yeah. Because this happened after the sixty days. So uh-huh. okay. I it's it's it, a bad plan for a lot of levels, and I I love how this show handles how bad a plan it is because you know not to spoil too much from the future episodes, but it is every single thing that people that that everyone around Dana says is going to go wrong with this plan goes wrong including the fact that it is at one point um Casey uh played by Peter Krause because I love Peter Krause and I don't want to say his name uh, <laughs> at one point he says that it is inherently cruel and he's not wrong because he's in love with Dana mm-hmm. and she's making him go out on dates with women that he would rather be out with another woman Mm -hmm. like every single time. Mm -hmm. And and that kind of comes up because he winds up telling these people the truth and it goes poorly. Dana gets jealous. It's every, it it is a terrible plan and it takes so long for her to realize what a terrible plan it is. She delivers the plan so well though. Like she is 110% behind the plan. (laughs) <laughs> it's not only cruel to the women that Casey is dating, it's cruel to Casey because it assumes that she makes the assumption that he is not as confident in his feelings for her as he is. Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, you say you like me now, but if we get together and, you know, what if down the road you decide you change your mind? And that comes out of her insecurity, which is a whole other thing. And But, you know... Casey, as a character, has kind of proven that, like, these two have been dancing this dance for years, apparently, in their lives. And, yes. And Dan also makes the excellent point that it is mean to Casey because it makes Casey feel, like, less than he is. And he, Casey, was married before, and a big portion of why they ended that relationship was because his wife wasn't good for him and made him feel that way a lot. So it's... It's bad. It's bad on every level, and it's. I, I I would hate the show for it if it wasn't written intentionally bad. Like mm-hmm. it was written as in this is a terrible idea that this crazy lady had. And <laughs> Here it is. Let me show you how this will unfold poorly. Because yes. Dana is Dana's a really interesting character because she has it so together on one hand and is a complete and total disaster on the other. And there's this line uh, in a a first season episode where somebody tries to blow up the building and Dan and Casey are talking about, they don't actually try to blow up the building. They just make a bomb threat and they're all, everyone's freaked out about it. And um, 
Natalie and Dana are kind of keeping it together. And mm-hmm. so, and Dan and Casey think that that's kind of like weird that they're taking it too well. And so they go to, to kind of talk to them and try to piece things to, like, to, to kind of point out everything that's wrong and say that it's okay to be freaked out by it. And the two of them, uh, Natalie and Dana give this complete and utter bullshit speech. We're women. We're women and we're in charge and we're keeping it together. And I believe those lines coming out of Natalie, but coming out of Dana, it was the biggest... St- she loses her shit constantly. So, yeah, Natalie, like, Natalie goes through all this crazy stuff in the show and, like, some really bad stuff and she keeps it together like a champ. And Dana, like loses it at the drop of a dime and uh, that this a this dating plan is a perfect example of the fact that dana is freaking certifiable but she's very lovable at the same time it's just that she really needs somebody like casey to keep a degree of her insanity in check and uh well they did unfortunately they made comment at the fact that like she didn't run this plan by natalie Exactly. And yeah. she's like, well, you see how that's turning out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with my gut on this one. <laughs> she's the uh, the shield of logic to Dana's Mace of Insanity. Exactly. Nice. That is exactly what that situation is. Nice. It is. Uh, this is just the infuriating thing that Sorkin does with women. Um, I, uh, I love Sorkin. He, he's a great writer, but he doesn't know how to do women. none of the shows that I love by him has ever had one woman that is like realistic and competent in all areas of her life and you know doesn't have some giant stupid flaw in one part of her life that is made up for by like unrealistically you know amazing competence usually they're very professionally competent and like completely flighty when it comes to their personal life and that's just not how women are. Like, no, not, there not are normally. probably some women who are like that, but it's just, it's infuriating to only see that kind of woman in a Sor- Sorkin show and get the impression that that's what he thinks all women are like. This isn't a challenge of that statement because I believe it's true, but what was CJ's flaw? Well, CJ never had it together romantically either. Her yeah, I Danny. guess. Yeah. Who's who's CJ? On the, on the West Wing. West Wing. Oh, uh, okay. So, Evan, are you not at all familiar with Sports Night? I, I've i seen a couple of the episodes, um, and I must have saw them, seen them a while ago, maybe at Chris's behest, but, I mean, it is very Sorkin. Yes. Very, very Sorkin. And what I like best about his writing is... The shuffling of, uh, I'll go with three major storylines in this one, seamlessly. You got the, you know, her really bad plan, the Hillary Clinton thing, and the Sam the ratings guy. The ratings guy. And no, each and every one of those storylines is not only picked up with and ran, but it's it's ran with to completion, like. It's tough to do that in 22 minutes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He's I, a he's a master at like putting together a script. It's 
it Dude shows. can tell a story. Absolutely. Okay. Now, what is the deal with with Dan and and Hillary? Is this a is it's a one off thing? Yeah. Is it just a one off thing? Up again. Okay. It's just, I mean, just because a, an amusing it's, subplot. This the the episode starts with him like, "What's the best thing that could happen to me?" As if you we want a three week vacation <laughs> somewhere else. <laughs> it's as if we should know that he is a huge fan. I could see where viewing this as just not having seen any other episodes where you would think that was a running joke on the show. But that, I think that's part of what makes the show great is that that's just built into the character. He says that and you buy it right away. I did. I like, believed it oh, completely. Oh, yeah, that's a thing that Dan would be obsessed with. Yeah. Like, they have those kinds of conversations a lot throughout the show. It's... Mm. It's uh, it, I, I hate to kind of draw a similarity between Aaron Sorkin and Syphil and Ollie, but... <laughs> but I will. <laughs> but I will. Uh, and it's one of my favorite things about Syphil and Ollie, and it's another one of the things that I love so much about Sports Night, obviously in a much more realistic fashion, is these conversations that... Almost like you'd just be over, you're overhearing conversations that these two people who know each other really well would be having. Mm-hmm. And Syphil and Ollie would do it a lot where they'd just be having these what I assume are completely improvised, absolutely insane conversations that don't make any sense about, like, strange car parts and going on adventures in the desert. But it's the same kind of feeling where you just you pick up and you're just overhearing this conversation that doesn't seem to have much in the way of context. But like Karen said, you just kind of you believe it based on those characters. And it's it's a wonderful thing that's working. It, it happened very well. it happened a couple of times in this episode. It feels like you are brought into the middle of a conversation. And mm-hmm. not that you're like not that you're missing information, but it's like okay, with the whole uh the rumor mill that was going throughout. I yeah. felt when they started that, it was as if the two of them had been discussing this rumor mill for hours and they were, yeah. you know, plotting and in, uh, gathering information and there is nothing in the show that should lead me to believe that way except for the writing. Like how they interacted with each other, the things that they say, mm-hmm. the, 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 the casualness, if you will, with, with the, the actors and the actresses. It's done really, really well. So let's talk about Sam Donovan. <laughs> Excuse me. Go ahead. Uh, Sam, this, this is the first episode where we get to meet uh, William H. Macy's Sam Donovan who is uh, just an absolute delight. We all grow to love him, right? Because <laughs> that's what he says. Everybody. We do. Okay. He's not wrong. We do grow to love him. Um, okay. He, in this episode, he comes off extremely, like, exactly what the show doesn't need and really standoffish. He makes a terrible first impression. Mm-hmm. He's wearing this, like, wrinkled suit. His hair is disheveled. And it's William H. Macy being a sarcastic ass. Like, it's... It's so wonderful. It's so beautifully, perfectly cast. Yeah, could not have cast. No one else can be Sam Donovan. No, and there's there's a particular episode where you get to love Sam Donovan, and what I love so much about the the way they make you like him, and I again not to just not to veer too far off this particular episode, but um, he does this. The, the network comes in and wants to give notes, and it's going incredibly poorly. And uh, Sam takes these ne- network executives for a little walk, and he explains to him, he explains to them, and like basically uh, that 
the show is going to be fixed and he's going to fix it and the network doesn't know jack about jack when it comes to making notes because they don't they're not producers they don't know actually know how to make good television and he has this whole speech he gives this whole speech while they're walking and they said, well, why did we come here? He said, because there's the door. The meeting's over. And he walked him out to the door. <laughs> it was great. Um, but he does that outside of earshot of all of the people that every every cast member that would have heard that would have then realized that he is completely and totally on their side. Mm-hmm. But nobody heard it except for Isaac, who he didn't even know was there. Um, uh... It, it was – it's it, – He's a fantastic character. Sam Donovan is a great character, and uh, I look forward to. I mean, his doing another his one of these introduction episodes. with the uh, uh, just because I'm looking at you while you're talking doesn't, <laughs> doesn't necessarily mean I'm, mean I'm listening to you <laughs> <laughs> or caring about anything you're saying. <laughs> it's just something I do to be polite. I was like, wow, what a douchebag. <laughs> Yeah, if there was ever just a single line to encapsulate what a character is and introduce him in, you know, such a way that you just know, okay, that tells me everything I need to know about that person. That's the line. And he continues to be that way with other people. Like, he eventually... they The, the regular cast eventually warms up to him because they they figure out that he is there to do his job and do it well, and it doesn't screw with the show he's doing what's best for the show mm-hmm. and but as other people come in other antagonists show up he's exactly that way to other people when he first meets them so hey, i see he's just a bad first impressioner he makes a terrible first impression gotcha. he is very good at what he does and it, it's it's a very interesting story arc and my, I, I love this show the, this, <laughs> the this speed show. in which this show travels the amount of I don't want to call them jokes, but the back and forth, the banter is Mm -hmm. like light speed. Like there was a a, a passing comment um, right before she tells him her crazy plan and he's asking about the party and he's like, was there a stripper? And she's like, yeah, yes, there was a stripper. She goes, does he have a better body than me? She goes, of course he had a better body than you. He's a professional stripper. And I got that. That made me laugh. But his retort, the, you know... If a guy was asked that question, he'd know the right way to answer. That was the funny part. <laughs> I like when Dan is arguing with Casey about the, the secular, non-secular thing. And when he says, I went to college, I went to school, Casey. And Casey just responds real quick, proud day for Dartmouth, Dan. <laughs> There's lots of really quick lines like that that are so easy to miss. And it's just the kind of conversation where, like, you can you can see in that scene and that exchange between Dan and Casey that uh, Casey only has so much energy to devote to the, what is going on with Dan. And, like, under the surface, he's processing what's going on with Dana. And he's just, like, the way he tosses off his lines is, like, he's not even really trying very hard. <laughs> he just sort of gives up. And that's just, like, uh, Sorkin is good at dialogue yeah he he doesn't just write like good uh, like jokes it's the way that people talk to each other he really captures that yeah i fully fully agree so now i'm gonna have to watch another i don't know how many episodes per season 12 give or take yeah this isn't long it only lasts two seasons i made me very sad 
but it's like they're like twenty four episodes each. Yeah, I know the f- at least the first one is. Yeah, they're they're it's there's a decent chunk of it, but it will it blows by super fast. Oh yeah, they are yeah. shorties. That's true. So so it's a uh, yeah, and it's it's so well worth it. It's um I didn't know about the show when it aired. Karen actually introduced this this show to me, and it's it's one of my favorites. It's so good. But um, now does it end the, this show? Kinda, kind of, like there is no closure to the uh, uh, Casey and Dana thing. Oh, they didn't go there, long enough for him to date a bunch of people. The dating plan comes to a close, okay. but there's no closure for those two characters and their relationship. There's there are definitely threads open for a very interesting third season, including an appearance from Clark Gregg. Uh, but it's um. It it is a satisfying enough conclusion. Uh, cool. I've seen worse endings to show. That's true. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those things where they kind of knew that it could happen, and so they wrapped it up in a way that left things open, but didn't wrap up everything. Sort of, they did the best they could. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This show has the the biggest problem I think for this show is in terms of getting people to see it is that it's got that not that sports night is a bad name but it's a bad name for what the show is because people see that and they go oh it's about sports, sports. i don't like sports so i'm not gonna watch this just the same as friday night lights which mm-hmm. is a better name but like people think that show is just about football and it's not it's about a lot more than football this show is a lot about it's almost completely not about sports at all yeah yeah, there wasn't much sports talk actually in this episode. A couple of questions here and there, and two intros for their show, and that was it. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I noticed about this show, <laughs> some things about it have aged well, some things have not. This show was on 99, Yeah, I 99, think. 2000. Yeah. The production value of their the show within a show, the actual sports night show, looks... From perspective of coming from 15, 16 years later, looks like a high school <laughs> or college cable station project, like the graphics and everything. It just looks it's so like, cheap. And that's what TV looked like back then. It's so crazy to think that. <laughs> but you're right. CSC. You look at it now, you're just like, oh my God. Like whenever they bring up their the, the website, the official CSC website, it's like, Whoa, <laughs> the internet has changed a lot. And like the way their names like slide across the screen. Yeah. It's like, holy crap. It is definitely a product of its time. Another piece of it, and which is my single biggest gripe with the show, uh, that is the, the another product of its time is the laugh track. Uh, mm-hmm. In the first season, you, you didn't, there wasn't any in the second season. They eventually got rid of it. In the first season, there's a full-on laugh track. And it's really? canned laughter. It is because this wasn't shot before a live studio audience, and it, it progressively gets lower and lower. And I actually read a whole thing about this recently, where Sorkin was dead set on not using a laugh track. He was just like, "What are you insane?" And the network absolutely insisted on it. And so he eventually just kept going less and less with it till he got to the point where the only time there was a laugh track used, it was like the lowest possible setting of like three people laughing in an empty room. <laughs> and he just kept putting it lower and lower into the mix until it was just out. It was just gone. But man, watching the first season of this show, as good as it is, 
the laugh track, particularly in the pilot, is just it's it's just distracting. It's terrible. I wish there was a way. I wish there was a version of this released somewhere where they just took out the laugh track. But I'm sure that's it's permanently part of the mix at this oh, yeah. point. I don't. At I doubt there's point, any yeah. way to actually do that. But God, that would be just delightful if there was a way <laughs> to get this show without the laugh track. Because every time I fire up season one, it's just painful. And it's wonderful because there's so much great stuff in this show. But this was before comedies did that. You know, this was mm-hmm. before shows like Scrubs and, um, you know, The yeah. Office and whatnot really kind of took comedies in this direction, uh, which lends so much more to them. I mean, I, I, I have a hard time going back to comedies with laugh tracks and whatnot or the what do they call them is this single camera or multi-camera this is multi-camera this is a multi-camera. single camera one is yes. the yeah it's so hard to go back to shows like that but anyway that's that's my morning if anyone wants to get into this show who's never watched it before um but if you have ever watched any other sorkin shows like west wing or newsroom or even studio 60 uh this show is just as good if not better than those i mean it's better than studio 60 but mm-hmm I mean, even I, like I think we've said on the show before. I liked it too. I like it a lot. I'm actually almost done with a rewatch of it at work right now. But I feel like, um, you know, I think I've said it on the show before. Even even subpar Sorkin is damn good television. So <laughs> this is very true. <laughs> very true. All right. Um. Very good, sir. Thank you so much. Uh, let's take a quick break. Uh, we'll read off some commercials, and when we get back, uh, we'll talk some news. Oh wait, I'm gonna tease it. Right now, we're going to do it during the commercial break, right, Chris? The whole Dragon Ball Z Oh, thing. yeah. I got one minute. Okay, so <laughs> we'll cut that in afterwards. We'll do it, and then I'll cut it back in so we can do a little intro and everything. I'm going to edit this actually out. So Okay. Um, it's Dragon Ball Super. <coughs> is that what it's called? Dragon Ball Super? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So pay attention to the commercials because at the end of the commercials we're we're adding a little little bonus feature in there chris we're we're gonna let chris vent a little bit about some dragon ball super uh but the, the he, he's only got a minute let's see if we can actually get him to explode so stay tuned happy new year to all our listeners if you found yourself enjoying the annual new year's twilight zone marathon on sci-fi then do we have a podcast for you Our episode-by-episode Twilight Zone podcast is already deep into its second season. This week, Brandon and his buddy Pat analyze Dust, a great little tale about looking for magic within your own heart. Catch up on this and all 60 other episodes of Submitted for Your Approval. Have you ever thought to yourself, Self, where can I find out more about obscure comic book characters? Well, do we have the article series for you. This month, Jonathan Fuger helps us all get to know Arclight, a rarely seen mutant villain in the X-Men universe who gets a kick out of killing her own kind. Don't miss Welcome to the D-List, Arclight. As we just learned last week, the DuckTales cartoon is being rebooted this year with a fantastic cast. What better time to take a look at a related game that likely won't be rebooted anytime soon? Chris takes a look at DuckTales 2 for NES and examines what went wrong with its release. Check out Lost in Time, DuckTales 2. Geekade's monthly music column is back. Will Lauren Elena live up to her American Idol potential? Has the XX reached their goal of making a more positive and expansive album? 
Does AFI have anything new to offer? And why the hell did the Dropkick Murphys go to Texas to record their latest? Janelle has the answers to all these and more in Turn It Up, new music releases for January 2017. You can catch all this great stuff plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more right now at geekade.com. Okay, Chris. Okay. This is what this is what we're going to do. Seeing as you've okay. been been chomping at the bit for however mm-hmm. long it has been since the last time you've spoken about Dragon Ball, we here on the podcast decided to give you 60 seconds an episode so that you could start being, you know, a better person, more more sociable with those in your household and at work so you can get that out of your system. Okay? 60 second recap of the most recent episode of Dragon Ball Super. That that's what we're doing. Now, you have said okay. I I could trust you with your t- with your your timekeeping device. Yes, you can. Okay. All right, Chris, whenever you are ready. And go. All right, so uh, Goku, he, a uh, while back, he competed in the the universal, after the, the multi-dimensional martial arts tournament, and he fought against this hit, hit, hit man named Hit, and it was a crazy awesome fight. It was the one that I freaked out about on the show a while ago. Well, a whole bunch of stuff has happened since then, and Goku has been chilling out on Earth, training for something or other, we'll talk about it later, and somebody hired Hit to kill him, and Goku, there's this great episode where Goku, like, he did this whole bullshit thing where he, he Hit found him, and they fought and it was really quick and hit actually did kill him but before he killed him goku shot an energy blast straight up into the air and he laid on the ground dead for a couple of minutes and a couple of people found him and then the energy blast landed back on earth jump-started his heart and he woke back up turns out goku not only beat death by throwing an energy blast into the sky but he was also the one who hired hit to kill him so that he could fight him again because goku is that insane and that is what happened in the last episode of dragon ball super and i got four seconds to spare boom <laughs> Very good, sir. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> All right, there you go. There's your 60-second recap of Dragon Ball Super. Super. Yep. Thanks. <laughs> and we're back. Thank you so much for checking out our commercials, and I hopefully, you know, reined Chris in for just 60 seconds. Um, let's talk some news. All right, you, Karen, you posted a bunch of these, and... I have questions that I don't know if you'll have the answers to. Okay. Okay. The General Hospital mm-hmm. article that you put up, um, very interesting. Uh, one of the main characters of General Hospital got a role in the next season of Homeland. Um, is it common that they will take a guy off the show or girl off the show and replace them with someone completely different, but keep them as the same character. As if we won't notice. I don't know whether that's common practice, but it wouldn't surprise me to find out that it is. I think the person that's best equipped to answer this question is Chris's mother. Oh. <laughs> who actually Big watches fan of the show. soaps. <laughs> this was interesting. I, like, I, yeah, I just thought it was cool the way that he handled it. The guy who booked his arc on uh, Homeland. Bradford to, uh, Anderson is his name. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. He released a statement saying that he uh, th- that if fans were upset about him being recast, they should be upset with him and not with the show because it was his decision to leave the show and you know, give up his, his part on General Hospital. 
Uh, and I don't know. I just I just think that was a cool thing to do. Like mm-hmm. there's you're not always going to find um, actors on TV giving a crap about what their fans think. Yeah, and, and I it's, mean, it's a stand-up thing to do. Like it's if people were upset, his fans were upset. You know, just conversing with them and calming them down a bit is the right thing to do. Um, he was replaced by a guy that looks nothing like him outside of the fact of being white and brown-haired. And a dude. And a dude. So it, um, <laughs> At work today, I have a, a co-worker who is, uh, takes, takes a little bit too much interest in what is on my screen at any given time. Mm. And I happened to uh, be scrolling through my Facebook and there was a picture of... Uh, it's a picture of someone I know. And she was like, oh, my God, that looks just like my son. And then she whipped out her phone and showed me a picture of her son. And it only kind of looked <laughs> like it was about the same level of So if you squinted your eyes and tilted your head to the left, it was a dead ringer? <laughs> like they were both white guys about the same age with kind of a similar haircut? <laughs> well, that's neat. Good luck to, to Bradford. Um, I... I honestly think upgrading it's it's an upgrade for him to head over to Homeland. Oh, for sure. So, best of luck to him. Um now <laughs> ever since we watched the Netflix four-part Gilmore Girls show, I have been in the process of watching all of the Gilmore Girls <laughs> That came before. Now, what bothers me about this article, because apparently Netflix tweeted something about uh, Rory Gilmore's baby daddy. And they do some math here that I don't agree with. Because, Mm -hmm. like, the picture shows... I don't even remember who her... What was her boyfriend's name? Fuck if I know. The guy that we all kept like, forget, everybody kept forgetting. I think it's only fitting that we don't know what the hell that character's name <laughs> like is. Like Paul, maybe? Paul, I think you're right. Okay. Because they only attribute Jesse and Logan. Yeah, well, I mean, they're pretty much the big ones. Yeah, but she was dating, let's say, Paul. Yes. For apparently, she was sleeping with him? <laughs> I don't know. She is kind of a tramp. She is. She's kind of a tramp. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she went I've... directly. That's the thing that we never really discussed in the in the when we talked about it. She went directly from being a virgin to being a tramp. Yes. Yeah. Like she there went. was no middle ground. <laughs> nope. Zero to sixty, baby. That's how Rory rolls. Um, I think there's a better chance of the uh, Wookiee guy being the dad than. <laughs> I don't think she was sleeping with her boyfriend. I don't think she'd seen him in months. <laughs> and I don't think it was the Wookiee guy either, because, guys, that happened in a different episode, and there was no way that, like, she would she would already be showing if it was the Wookiee by That's the time she told point. Lorelai. Fair point. Well, they're alluding to uh, an episode that takes place in Season 6, uh, about an 8th grade science fair when... Luke's daughter April does some sort of DNA testing for a science fair to find out that Luke is her father. Um, this answers nothing. Maybe we'll get another reunion or 
something. I don't know what they would do. It would be it would be different because it would be from Rory's point of view. Another day in the life. Sure. Or another yeah. year it's in cute. The life or whatever. I guess. The internet is seems to be taking this as like, oh my god, Netflix said this. This must mean that they're making more. And it's like, okay, first of all, settle down. It doesn't mean that. Slow down. It means they want you to watch the revival if you haven't already or watch it again. Mm-hmm. And second of all, I don't think it's a good idea if they do. No, yeah, I, I think I they think pretty much wrapped it up. They're good. It really needs to be over. Yeah. Just because you want more doesn't mean there should be more. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Um, next up, apparently, I thought we all knew that Gorilla Grodd was coming back to Flash. Wasn't that a thing? Like, we all yeah. knew that? Yeah, yeah okay. I think that the news is here is just that it's de- it's happening this year. Okay. so That was the extra bit of news we didn't know. So, it's it was a, this is its mid-season break, right? Yes. Okay, so this season, apparently, we're going to get uh, at least a two-episode arc of Gorilla Grodd, um, and the second half of the season is premiering on the 24th of November, so that's kind of cool. 24th of November? Uh, 24th of January, excuse me. <laughs> I looked, I saw the 24th, and then I looked at a different page, and it was something different. Um, what I, fa- I like that it's taking place in Gorilla City. That's going to be yes. bad. Yes. Well, what I like best about it is the guy who does the voice of Gorilla Grodd actually looks like Gorilla Grodd. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> he has a very Gorilla Grodd essence about him. So, but yes, Gorilla City. The the they kept referencing it throughout a number of times. You know, just in like weird sort of passing type comments. You know, mm. yeah, we're lousy with gorillas, like type of type of thing. So. Um, my only worry is is that the special effects uh, on the Flash, the special effects are like 70-30. Okay? Sometimes they're really good. Sometimes they're they're just bad. And if we're going to get like a dozen CGI'd gorillas, I, like, I see that has that could go poorly. Like the CG for the, the alien invasion episode mm-hmm. like those aliens look different on each iteration uh, on each show and Flash is weren't that great but I mean Gorilla Grodd and King Shark they looked fantastic yes. so it's like really really hit or miss I don't it's know. I'm just worried about the group that's my point I feel like it's possible that the alien CG suffered because there had to be so uh, much of their budget for that arc go to other things like paying actors to be in so many guest roles. Mm-hmm. Like there maybe there wasn't as much of a budget to give to the CG department to do a good job on the okay. aliens. That's that's a viable reason. I got it. I'll I'll agree with that one. Um. So yeah, I'll let you have that one. You win this. You win this round. Uh, <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm over here like making a uh, a mashup in my head of uh, the Music Man and the Flash because <laughs> we got trouble right here in Gorilla City. <laughs> it's capital T, and that rhymes with I don't know how it goes, but you know, I, I just want to see the Music Man marching through Gorilla City singing. It's very possible. Be fun. Anything is possible. It's um, true. Okay. Barry loves screwing with the timeline, man. He does. God damn it, Barry. God damn it, Barry. So let's. Uh, I didn't realize that this show was still on the air. 
but apparently what? I'm not missing anything. Girl Meets World is sort of maybe possibly not going to be on the Disney Channel anymore. Maybe. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah, seems it has run its course. Um, I... I there it 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 jumps back and forth. Some people say that it's gone. Some people say that it's not. Um, Seems like the people, like the actors on the show, are just like, yeah. Well, we're, the, I, I think we told the story. I think we're ready to call it quits. Mm-hmm. Well, Girl Meets Goodbye, if I'm not mistaken, is the last episode. <laughs> so yeah, I'm saying that's kind of hard not to yeah. not to feel the finality in that. Yeah. You know. Um, I'm kind of surprised it lasted as long as it did. That's at least two seasons, right? It started like 2014, so yeah. Yeah, it's three. Three. Season three. Oh, look at that! That's even what it's in now. Even more well, surprising. It's Fuller House has oh, uh, Jesus, that's very true. It's work cut out for it. It's already been renewed for a three, right? This is yeah. true. Yay! But I, I've, hopefully, this uh, the this show having run its course in three seasons, maybe that indicates a turning in the culture and the climate of the entertainment world that they're going to realize maybe we don't need to bring back everything like look we brought this back fans really wanted it and guess what didn't last that long (laughs) maybe we should stop doing this maybe they only wanted it for a little while and seems that's the case well i guess i am a little surprised that it didn't um it didn't speak to a different, like a new audience, as well as the original series did. You know, I feel like it's, Girl Meets World if I'm was not, um, Dave from uh, "You Shall Not Pass Go." When it first came out, mm-hmm. spoke very highly of the show for some reason. Like it spoke to him <clears throat> more yeah. than I heard anybody else, or especially of the younger persuasion, talk about. It. Like, yeah, it, it was like it fans of the original show were super stoked right. that it was like, yay, these characters are back. But Heavily the ran on point nostalgia. of a show like this really needed to it needed to capture a new audience at the age that people were when they watched Boy Meets World. Mm-hmm. And it seems that it, it not that it didn't. I mean, running for three seasons is not a bad thing. No. Like that is a decent amount of time for a TV show to run, especially one that is geared towards this younger audience. So uh, I, I I have no problem with it, especially if it's like it seems to me like the show has run its course. And as long as the, the instead of it being like dragged out, I don't know how the show's ratings are, but I mean, if, if a show has run its course, I think it's time to call it quits. And I wish The Simpsons would learn that lesson. <laughs> Speaking of shows that ran its course, um, this this next bit of information sort of hurts my heart, but not so much, because then I looked at the list. Apparently, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend uh, is still sitting at the bottom of the pile as one of, actually, as 2016's lowest rated shows by network. Like, Crazy Ex is, is at the bottom, number 94. Yeah. <laughs> And it has the distinction of having won that title twice in a row. Two years in a row now. Woohoo! Good because for you would think if it had that title after one year, it would get canceled. But since the CW just fucking renewed everything, yeah, it got another. It, it got to come around and win that title again, and it makes me sad too. But 
Uh, I don't know if you're keeping current with season two, Evan, but it is definitely not what well, I, was in I season watched, one, which makes me so sad. I want to say I watched two episodes of it, and it was so not season one that I stopped watching it. I was like, this is not the same show. Like, it's very, very different. Um, and they got rid of Greg, who I love. <laughs> the, so. the list here of of the, the, the bottom of rankings is like I'm I'm honest to God shocked that Fox College football is up there because uh, football sports college sports that's usually a big deal but that was way low that was like 88th tied for 88th place um, but everything else on here nothing surprised me I'm shocked that the real O'Neill's is still on the air <laughs> that was a surprise but I mean, 2020, Dr. Ken, like... Damn, that is still on. Yeah. Yeah, it is. 48 Hours, Scream Queens, like, nothing... Like, as I looked further down, they started doing it... uh, This was by um, shares, ranking by by shares, like, you know, 0.3, By total viewers... Uh, Agents of Shield is in there. What this list is is doing is doing the top or the bottom five of each network, and surprisingly, mm-hmm. Agents of Shield is like right in there with with actually one spot better than the real O'Neills in in overall viewers, which is it's another show I feel like might be coming close to having run its course. Yeah, yeah, I I, I think I agree with that. I was trying like, to not catch that up. this season yeah not that this season isn't good we've enjoyed it every time we've watched it but it's it hasn't done anything to say like let's watch more shield like I want to watch more of it right now like I'll usually want to watch more of it as soon as we finish an episode but for some reason it just doesn't keep me there anymore I, I don't know the only reason I'm actually watching multiple episodes at a time is because they're on my DVR I'm like I gotta clear out my DVR <laughs> And that's not a good reason to watch a show. <laughs> I'm also a little surprised to see um, Jane the Virgin listed as low as it is. Although I don't, I can't disagree with that either. It's it's also changed quite a bit over the course of its run. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I heard it suggested on another podcast, which I think is a great idea, that possibly a way to fix that show would be to do a time jump because right now she's kind of stuck in a place where she's like working on her career and trying to raise her baby and babies are kind of a boring Mm -hmm. thing to do on tv Mm -hmm. so like if they jumped her like three years forward in the future she would have finished her degree she would have you know the kid would be a little older and wouldn't be so dependent on the story i think that would do wonders for that show not that I know that whether they'll do that, but um, well, it is the CW. But it needs so something. They're going to do something and probably keep it around for a bit. Um. All right, I was unaware that the Rebels cartoon was part of Star Wars proper. I didn't know that yes, was in continuity. Yes, that is absolutely that is one of the few things that is canon. Interesting canon. Good word. Um, and it, and it takes place at the same time 
as Rogue One ish. Is, uh, is that true? Ish. The character, um, Forrest Whitaker's character, uh-huh. was from uh, the Clone Wars cartoon uh, originally, and so that's like I think that's the second time they've brought a character from the animated universe into the 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 universe proper. I don't remember what the first one was, but um, so yeah, that was uh, that's a connection to that. And Star Wars Rebels takes place very definitively after Clone Wars. It is very much tied to that show. This um, says that Rebels took place, season one took place five years prior to New Hope. Mm-hmm. And, and as we learned from watching Rogue One, it takes place immediately before New Hope. Five minutes before yes. New Hope. <laughs> so uh, it's, uh, there is, I, I read there were a couple of interesting, like the R2 unit chopper, mm-hmm. you can see him in the movie. Mm-hmm. And they also announce one of the other, the, the, the captain of the ship on the show, you hear her name be called out when they're listing off uh, people that need to be reporting to somewhere. Yeah, this is this is a, a neat little story about uh, Star Wars Easter eggs in both mm-hmm. the movie, you know, Rogue One, and the cartoon because it's going back and forth. Yeah, which is which is really cool. It's really neat to see that they're they're, you know, joining it together completely like that. Um, a, yeah. Another thing that I caught in this article is that uh, one of Andor's operational aliases was listed as Fulcrum. Mm-hmm. Isn't that from Chuck? Which? Yes. Yes. Who Who is Andor again? He yeah. was the main guy in Rogue One. The guy who. Oh, took, okay. Uh, so Jin. that makes sense that he would yeah. show up in Rebels. Okay, because I read this and I was like, I don't remember anybody's name from Rebels. <laughs> I mean, if not from Rebels, from a uh, uh, Rogue One. Rogue I just one. don't remember anybody. Uh, although I did see a great picture of um, the actress who plays uh, was it Jin Urso, mm-hmm. and said the caption was Jin Urso blows up the Death Star, and it was her blowing up a a beach ball Death Star. <laughs> 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 it, was, it was fantastic. <laughs> So that's yeah. Star Wars Rebels is great, uh, and seriously, if you're a big fan of Star Wars, it does such a great, it does such a great job of being a Star Wars cartoon, even better than um, uh, Clone Wars did. You know, when it's on point, because there's definitely like filler episodes, and it is definitely aimed at a younger audience. But man, when that show is on point, it's on point. It's on point. Nice. Um, I thought this next article was really neat i don't know why but it makes me happy that benedict cumberbatch is in some way shape or form related to sir arthur conan doyle uh they are 16th cousins twice removed (laughs) i don't know what that means i don't know what the family tree looks like but in some way somewhere they share blood which i think is really neat um Ancestry.com did the workup for for, Bener- for Benedict Cumberbatch and found out that he is related in to, to Doyle. And they just did it on their own. They're like, hey, let's check this out. <laughs> and oddly- My favorite thing about this story is that nobody contacted Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> to tell him this. They just published this information. And, and the people who wrote this article are like, well, we hope he likes reading this in this article and learning this information right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, from the Associated Press. That's where where Cumberbatch is finding out about his ancestry. Um but that's neat. 
So, um, cool little thing. Yes, cool little thing. Now the next the next article. I'm not okay. I haven't done sling. I haven't completely cut my cord yet, but um, Dish is working up a streaming box or in. The way I read this is that they they have designed a unit that can now do um, over-air channels, you know, antenna, which you sort of can do right to just about any television, I thought. Maybe I'm confused. Uh, you No, because we, we have a cable box mm-hmm. because we have super basic bitch cable. Mm-hmm. Um, and we cannot just get the over the airwaves channels because those that frequencies. Oh, please correct me when I'm wrong, Chris. <laughs> when not if um, they're coded in such a way that you cannot just receive them with your TV. Well, you. Ha- that is what I have come to understand to a point, but I've also been told that I'm wrong about that because I know there are people who have. HD antennas that just hook them up. What happened when we tried to do that was no one, we, we didn't get anything out of the HD antenna, and when we plugged in just the basic, the, the cable that was sticking out of the wall, they are like, you want this, you want these uh, basic broadcast channels, you've got to pay Comcast. Uh-huh. Like, that, that was that was the image that showed up on the screen when we plugged in just the the standard cable that was hanging out of the wall that used to just be if you plug, like, I remember when I was a kid, when we moved into a house or something, you plugged in the cable and the basic broadcast network was, you know, just came in through the cable and then you paid for the cable service or whatever mm-hmm. and you got the rest of the channels. But now it's like Comcast says, no, no, if you want the basic cable, you need to pay us money. And we don't live in a place where, like, we can't get Dish Network either. And I assume that was a similar reason why we couldn't get, uh, What's it? Uh, OTA the, channels the, over the air. Over the air, because we just didn't get a signal. Yeah. But yeah, there was, there is no actual option for us to get those, you know, basic, fr- essentially free broadcast channels without paying Comcast money because, well, they're Comcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they said, oh, you want this free stuff? Well, you got to pay us money first. <laughs> yeah, because we have it covered. This This system seems very expensive to me. Because it does. It's it's a digital converter, meaning that it's all of the over-the-air signals are now digital. It used to be analog. Now it's digital. You need a converter box. Now, a lot of times, the antenna has a decoder in it so that you spend a little extra on a nicer antenna. You get that. Just plug it right into the back of your television. This is all predicated on the fact you are within the area of signal, and that is, like, few and far between. Like, there's... I, I was I started looking this up when you guys first started talking about uh, switching over like cutting your cord. Mm-hmm. I looked to see where antennas were, and broadcast antennas like way like I'm gonna say like mid Jersey like a little bit closer to me than than you, but I would I had to go out and buy an eighty dollar antenna. Now this you still need an antenna for it. This does not just pick up the channels like you got to get this. What this is is a decoder. That also adds sling to it, mm-hmm. and Netflix and whatever other YouTube, uh, Google Play. I'm wondering. Play. This this is a 
the box that they're selling is a competitor for the Apple TV. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if, because it's an Android device, you can also get Amazon on it. Because you cannot get Amazon on our Apple TV, and that pisses me off because Amazon owns Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it does I mean, not. We can get it on the Wii U, which is still connected to the same television, but it's that extra convenience factor. Mm-hmm. It's really bothersome. Yeah. There's, there's always. Like, I like my Apple TV because it talks to my computer seamlessly. Um, But I only use Netflix and Hulu. I also have Amazon, but if I need to use that, I go to, like, my my PS4. So it's, yes, it's no one box does it all yet. And I'm sure someone out there is figuring out some sort of Raspberry Pi-like system to do it all. Um, and if you are that person, please tell us what it is <laughs> and let us give you our dollars so that we can fucking end this once and for all. Yeah. I, or just, you know, get Amazon on I you know, the Apple TV. <laughs> Either one. I'm happy with either. Well, one. The, the, they won't do that because iTunes. They're both selling the no, same it's, shit. It's a. It's a it's a deal thing. Like Amazon's just waiting for. Apparently, Apple has like this really stupid, like high number of percentage that they want for all for the the profits or whatever. And Amazon's just like, nah, screw you guys. But they keep going back and forth. Like apparently, there has been talks about it. Interesting. So I never thought not, that would actually happen because they are in essence selling the same product. Yeah, they are. But I mean, you can get iTunes on a PC. It's it. it it's it's just a different platform and it's all about profit sharing and whatnot. So if they make it work. They make it work. It would make me happy if they made it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, I I love my Apple TV. I mean, I, I'm not a huge fan of the touch remote, but I yeah, I mean, I bought a, an add-on. It gives my the you know you slide this remote into it. it's like I got a full QWERTY keyboard on it now that has Ooh. up, down, left, and right. That's all I needed. So, I like using my iPhone for remote for the Apple yeah. TV. I, I have um, Android, and like they uh, they do have apps, but the apps suck. They're horrible. So no. the app, the one on the iPhone is great. Mm-hmm. The touch screen works just actually a bit better than the uh, the touchpad on the remote. And plus, it's the just so small. Keyboard pops up whenever you want to tap something in. It's so yeah. Small. I miss. I just want to press buttons. Like I just want. That's what I want. I just want to press buttons. And I have an older version of Apple TV in my my bedroom, and Mm. I use, like, scrolling through however many movies or television shows I have on my computer, it's way easier with the tactile button. I just hit and hold and, you know, scroll down. You know, if you slightly swipe to the left or the right, you've just moved menus. It's ridiculous. Yeah, you've you've messed up your day. Uh, But like I said, I think I told you last week, you can use that old remote on the new TV. I can. I just spent 15 bucks and got the keyboard. It's fine. I got some Amazon gift cards for the holidays, so I had to spend them all on something. Um, I, uh, okay, Will and Grace Revival. I'm not sure how I feel about this. I wa- Don't care. I watched a lot of Will and Grace. I remember watching it all the time. I don't think it's necessary. I think we're good. Nope. I think is nope. anyone asking for this? Not really. I mean, I used to watch a lot of Party of Five when I was a kid, but I'm not asking for a Party of Five. 
revival. I'm sure someone no is. No one is. No, I'm sure someone is. Deborah Messing. Um, I'm sure someone is. <laughs> I, I Did you actually watch the, uh, the video that the Will and Grace cast did for um, Clinton? The, I did not. Yeah, it's like a nine-minute video in there. They're like, it, it. I don't. It's not coming back fondly. How's that? It's exactly what the show was, and now they're just talking about Trump and Hillary. This is before any of the, you know, final tallies were totaled. Um, but I just, I guess, I remember it more fondly than, than I, I should. It, it wasn't it was a product of its time, yeah. man. I feel like definitely, moved definitely on. was. I've seen like in maybe like half an episode in total of this show, and I've always turned it off because I don't think it's funny. But you know, whatever. Mm. <laughs> All right, and finally, this is adorable. <laughs> adorable. Uh, apparently, Felicia Day is is preggers. I didn't know that. Nobody knew that until this afternoon because she didn't tell anybody she just posted an an announcement on twitter at 37 weeks pregnant yeah yeah she she's pregnant there ain't there ain't no doubt about that and uh i think it's kind of cool that she held it you know out of the limelight for as long as she did absolutely um i love the 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 announcement picture that she posted (laughs) uh it's totally her uh i love I love her hat. The hat as seen on your mom. Yes, it's a trucker yes. hat. It's adorable. Uh, the reason that I threw this into the uh, news feed is a little selfish because uh, I happened to be sitting there on Twitter when uh, this popped up uh-huh. and immediately responded to it saying that congratulations on the baby and also congratulations on the excellent use of your hat in your pregnancy announcement. <laughs> yes. And my response has now been liked over a hundred times. Look at you. We're famous. You're by famous. Felicia Day fans. So <laughs> if any of you listening to this week's episode have found us through our, uh, through my Felicia Day tweet, hi, and <laughs> thanks for listening and stick around because we're all Felicia Day fans and you'll probably like it here. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. All right. Um, that's all I got. Chris? Yeah, Is, yeah, you, you, yeah. What's up? You, you got your your um your thing, your spiel. Yeah. Uh, well, apparently, if you like Felicia Day, you can get in touch with us at mailatgeekade.com, as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook with both the Geekade page and the This Week's Episode page. Find us on Instagram at Geekade. Subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content. And follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade. Or follow this show specifically at Twepcast. Or find us individually I'm at Geekade Chris, that's Geekade K-R-I-S. Evan is at... Geekade underscore Evan. And Karen is at... Shoot underscore the underscore moon. If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed tonight, be sure to check out our show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes or Stitcher. Or if you're super nice, you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on Geekade.com where we post something new every single day. Back to you, Evan. All right. Um, it is my turn, correct? Indeed. Okay. Um, 
I wanted to talk about the show for a while, and it took me, I'm going to say, four to five hours today to figure out which specific episode I wanted to talk about. Um, I'm going to talk about Dollhouse. We are going to watch Dollhouse, mm. season one, Yay. episode six. The episode is entitled Man on the Street. Okay. It is the one that, that um, yeah, it, it's Elijah Dushku. And and Pat Oswald. Oh, <laughs> so mm. that's <laughs> that's it's completely escaped my memory that he was ever on that show. Well, yeah, I have I fondly remember the show. I just don't remember very well. <laughs> well, there you go. That's the episode that we're watching. So cool. We good guys, and Great. and lady. Yes, indeedy. All right, from all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Evan. I'm Karen. Hooker party. Good night. And this concludes our broadcast day.